Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. G'day folks and welcome to the Encounters Down Under podcast. I'm your host Anthony Goodall and I invite guests to the show to share their amazing encounters with aliens and UFOs. If you or someone you know has had an encounter down under or anywhere in the world for a new segment Encounters Unbound, please get in touch with me via the Encounters Down Under Facebook page or email at australianufosightings at outlook.com.au. Be sure to join the Encounters Down Under Facebook page and YouTube channel where you can also get involved during the live stream interviews, sharing your thoughts and opinions during the live show. Also, if you enjoyed the podcast, don't forget to give us a rating or review on your favorite listening platform. But anyway, that's enough from me. Let's get into what you've been waiting for. Kick back and relax with your favorite beverage and enjoy the show. This episode is available to view on our YouTube channel, so be sure to like and subscribe to the channel and leave a comment with your thoughts on the episode. G'day folks and welcome to another episode of Encounters Down Under. Kane joins me on this episode to talk about encountering strange objects flying around, as well as experiences during his meditations. He goes on to mention having some forms of premonitions to which his family began questioning his sanity. But it's safe to say, Kane was deemed sane and goes on to heighten his spirituality. So please welcome to the show, Kane. G'day Kane, welcome to the show, mate. Hey Anthony, nice to meet you. Mate, it's great having you on the show, mate. Thanks for getting in touch with me and uh, presenting me with what you've got here. Like, it seems like you've had like a few incredible experiences there throughout your lifetime at the moment, and like I've it's got me intrigued on what the hell's going through your life at this moment. So, mate, look, tell us all about it. Um, yeah, so I guess the only way to explain it would be high strangeness. But I had to listen to one of your um, previous um, people on here. Um, was his name Mark? I think he, his name was Mark. He was a scientist. And as I was listening, you know, I he had his theory and some steps and a lot of mine checked out in the same process as what he said. So if you're listening, Mark, look, I enjoyed your ideas and um, we'll go from here. But mine started in 2012 and I suppose I had started to learn about consciousness from the book Think and Grow Rich from Napoleon Hill and it had said that everything is like atoms vibrating at a different rate and we attract things that are similar to our vibrational rate. And I'd never heard of that. And I was like, Oh yeah. And then I happened to stumble across a Mythbusters episode of Cleve Baxter. And they were testing to see if plants could read minds. 
and they ended up spooking themselves a bit and the conclusion was that they thought the plant possibly had read their mind and I was like shit that's you know that's that consciousness stuff how everything's connected on this like grand scale or whatever so that had happened and I assume that that was a triggering point because it was at that time that I had tried uni and I bombed out and I was on Soundlink and I was like, what can I do that's for free? Oh, I'll get into astronomy. That's for free. And I started to learn about astronomy and it was coming up to the Lyrid meteor shower, which I believe was in April, late April, maybe it was May, but I think it was April of 2012. And I decided I was going to stay outside all night. I was like, you know, we've got X amount of nights in our lives and I'm going to stay outside all night on my own and watch the sky and see what happens. And so I stayed outside all night and I don't know the time specifically because I'd learned like if you look at lights, it affects your night vision. And so I decided I wasn't going to look at my iPhone all night, but it was a little bit before sunrise. I'm just sitting there, you know, I'd seen a few shooting stars. It wasn't really that exciting. And then this feeling come over me, just this incredible loving sensation it was like when my son was born i remember when he come out and this loving sensation hit me it was like that but maybe like 10 times more powerful i don't know how long it lasted maybe 10 seconds maybe a minute i have no idea and i've since heard other experiences talk about this um ryan from post-disclosure world he did a, a video where he briefly um, started off with this loving feeling that he got. And I've read about it in a book by an astronomer. And he said that he got this sensation like twice or whatever. So like at the time, I didn't think much of it. But the other thing that happened, and I also didn't think much of this at the time. So I had this incredible loving sensation come out of nowhere. And then these like, it was definitely coming on like first light sort of thing because I could see them pretty well and they were like giant boulders like rotating across the sky and like that's what I thought they looked like, just giant rocks and I, I seen like maybe two or three in the space of a couple minutes, maybe half an hour and I went to the Unandera Astronomy Club because I didn't think, like, I seen a UFO. I didn't even think about that loving sensation or nothing. I was like, man, I seen these weird fucking bolting, boulders flying across the sky. And I thought maybe, because I'd been learning about shooting stars and how they're like dust trails of meteors and stuff. And, like, that's where my mind went. So I went to the Astronomy Club and they were like, oh, we've never seen nothing like that. And, you know, I just dis dismissed it as some sort of like space phenomenon. And I'd learned about satellites and that, and it wasn't a satellite. So it went on. I'd started learning about consciousness and the law of attraction. And I mucked around with like visualization and I ended up like, you know, kind of starting to believe in that stuff. And then it was... <clears throat> 2014 and I seen this lady her name was Vicky and I seen her in a random part of town and I hadn't seen her for like 20 years almost 
maybe 15 years, and I was like, well, if the law of attraction is real, I'm going to see Vicky in the next three days. And and I was like, that's if it's real, that's going to happen. And I did see her in another part of the Illawarra where I live. I was like, fuck, man. <laughs> what, what's that about? So I, I got on Google. I'd, I'd had that book, Thinking Grow Rich, and a couple of other little ones. There was one, Psycho Cybernetics from Maxwell Maltz, and Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. They were three little reference books that kind of started me on this journey. And then I Googled and a few people said you should read Ask and It Is Given from Esther Hicks. So I got this book and I forgot to put it next to me to read, but it was basically saying like, you know, our mind brings all this stuff to us and and it had different exercises and it was saying, that we're like a like a cork floating on water and when we release our thoughts that we're like the cork floats to the top of the water and we we release all resistance to things that we truly want so i was like well you know i'll try meditating and it says you may experience as you go to higher vibrations it was saying you may feel like itching on your skin or Maybe your head will wobble or something. So I started meditating and I, I don't know how long it took. I, I expected to just try and meditate for five to ten minutes and like suck at it and then just go back to what I was doing. This was in like June of 2014. And so I meditated and I remember like starting to feel some itches and my like my eyes are closed and meditating and i'm sort of like doing these ones a little bit and i'm like oh it's like the book try not to think you know try not to think so i'm doing it and then this like purple wash of color like a like um i say compare it to like watercolor like it wasn't thick it was it was thin and it went down in my mind's eye purple and then then an orange color and I seen, I seen myself seeing like translucent in like a cobblestone path garden. And then like, I'm going to get to this bit and I haven't gone down this rabbit hole yet. Maybe some listeners might know, but then I seen a green fairy wren. Okay. And I have fairy wrens at my house and my friend Tiffany who I'd been talking to, her hair was dyed green. So I sort of associated it with that, seeing a green fairy wren. And then it all went white. And my mind, like my consciousness, it like took off in like a forward and left direction. Like that's something specific I remember is that it went like a rocket ship to that direction. And I don't know how long it happened for, I just remember like a whooshing sort of sensation. But I come out, it was like all purple, like a purple dimension. And then there was like a purple sphere, like a dark thing. And my thoughts was that I've projected my consciousness because while I was doing it, I had heard of shamanic journeys and stuff. So I was, I sort of, while it was happening, I was like, shit, this is what's happening. And I was like, I've projected my consciousness outside the universe. 
Like that's where my mind went. And then I, no, then it changed and it went all like sand. Okay. And then there was a shadow of like this horn thing come up and I'm thinking, trying not to think at the same time, but I'm thinking, oh, this must be like a subconscious fear like the shamans deal with. Don't freak out. But I fucking freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was like, it felt like it was Satan or something. And I, <coughs> so I've snapped back to my body and I was breathing like, like so heavy. And like, I hadn't any awareness that I had changed my breathing or nothing. And someone had messaged me because I'd been texting and I'd, they'd messaged me and it was over an hour and a half since, um, since they'd replied. So I'd been in this state for over an hour and a half intending just to breathe, focus on my breathing for five minutes. So that was like, that's, I went to the library. I started borrow books on the occult and I didn't really get into UFOs still. I sort of knew about a few things like the Phoenix light and, um, the Cash Landrum case where that lady was injured from the UFO and all the helicopters. But I, I so, so, so that went on to me starting to learn about the occult just a little bit. And like it affected me that I was like, I need to know everything I need to know about God. But I read that you should take three steps forward in the physical world and one step forward in the spiritual world. So I didn't I didn't pursue that path for very long. I did go to like a spiritualist church in Wollongong, just to like that sort of resonated with me after that experience. But it turns out like this is where I'll stop here for like references. Are you like familiar with the gateway process documents? Not really. Um, let's okay. sort of jump my memory a little bit. I might have heard it somewhere at some point, but just not really I think, know the terminology. I think that some listeners will definitely know. It's like the CAA um, documents on the Munro Institute about astral projecting and stuff like that. Yeah. And and they have like a formula to project your consciousness. You should really look it up. It like references time traveling and everything to do with astral projecting. And yeah, it sounds familiar. It explains the world, but it says, so it sort of tells you to do like a white light protect protection thing. It says the energy balloon, which sets up a pattern of the cosmic egg discussed earlier, enhances bodily energy flow and encourages early achievement of a suitable resonant state. But it's also designed to provide protection against conscious entities possessing lower energy levels which the participant might encounter in the event that he achieves an out-of-body experience. And then it says it serves as a precautionary purpose in the unlikely event that the participant first out-of-body experience involves direct projection outside the terrestrial sphere. So I went on my first outside, my out-of-body experience, I went inside some place that I thought was outside the universe looking at a sphere and then you've got these government documents is referencing a very similar thing. So I don't know if that's what I did, but I also went and chatted with a secret society. They have a lodge up Newtown, not specifically secret, but a cult. Do you know the auto Templi Orientis? No. 
but in South Wales. Oh, no, they're like a, you know, like the Freemasons and all that, but they're like a different one. And the, one of them sort of goes, oh, that sounds like something that AA talk about. And that's the Argentum Astros, I think they're called. Hang on, let me check. I've got it here in front of me. How do you say it? It is. Yeah, I think it's the Argentum Astros or something. That's one of Alistair Crowley's occult groups. They have this thing called like crossing the abyss. And from the very tiny bits of stuff that I've looked at, like I've seen a picture of someone done and they done it and it was like a purple sort of thing. So I do wonder if like that's what happened and did that happen easily because of my first experience where something seemed to contact me, this loving vibe. So that's two things. But then it come to 2018 and it was just after like to the stars had launched and um, like the Nimitz incident was in the New York times and all that sort of stuff. And it was February walking up my path at night time and by now I was like well into UFOs like from October I just read every single day so by then I was like open to a few things but I was walking up my driveway and I live outside of town so like a little country area sort of thing it's very dark there's no street lights or nothing like that and I'm walking up my driveway to my um, granny flat which is about 150 meters and there was this glowing red, like, orb light sort of thing in my paddock. And it was probably about the size of, like, a baseball. And it was, like, it was off to this side of me as I was walking up. And it was, like, I, I, I might have seen it and then went, wait, there's, like, a thing there. And I've looked at it. But I didn't say that out loud. I've just looked at it. And it was, like, it, it knew that... I, it had caught my attention and as soon as it had properly caught my attention, then it like, it sort of dropped down a bit and then it took off across my paddock. And I, I describe it as like, you now like you light the sparklers and they go, yep. or like sort of like that, like it left a little sparkle trail behind it very slightly. And I kind of compared it to Tinkerbell from, Disney's Peter Pan, the old cartoon, you know, like she, she'd be like, Phew, and leave a little yeah. trail behind her. So that was, um, so I, that was February, 2018. And I don't know what, what come first, but I'd have been having like issues. I'd been having issues with my taps in my kitchen. Okay. And they, they was breaking. I guess I have a strong grip or something, but I was breaking. And, and then this thing happened and I stumbled across something which I don't actually think was relevant. Okay. It was about like Australia monitoring the Murray darling and stuff. And I just started to get this vibe that like, cause I, when I had that first out of body experience, I thought I had a spirit guide. Okay. So I was like, I think my spirit guides are telling me that we're going to run out of water. <laughs> and I I took it as like seeing that orb. My friends are like, you're fucking nuts, Kane. But I seen this orb. I started to get this vibe. 
And then the next thing that happened, which Mark, in that interview I listened to the other day, like that guy Mark said, we get these voices in our head. And I had like a voice in my head while I started to watch the Simpsons movie. And it was like, this is what's going to happen. And the Simpsons movie is about under the dome, okay? Yep. So fucking, I had no idea what to think. It was like I was in psychosis. But I knew I was telling the truth, so I went and got under the dome, was freaking out, storing water. My family put me in the mental ward because I was talking about UFOs and aliens because of the Nimitz thing and because of To the Stars and and then talking about after the aliens, then I moved on to saying we're going to run out of water. So I, I have the papers to say that I was in the mental ward because I was talking about the water and stuff. And then, so that was 2018, and then come 2019, by the end, we had all those fires and our water supply started to run out. And, like, at my place, like, near the lagoon, like, I got a creek behind mine and there was, like, three big puddles. And near Shell Harbour, like, that whole thing dried up and there was, like, all eels stuck there. And, oh, shit, my pants, man. Like, because I'd also had a dream at this time. I had a dream where I seen like a red planet and I knew it. I, I thought in my dream, I thought it was like Nibiru or some shit. Let me have a drink. You know what? So I thought it was like, in my dream, I thought it was like Planet X and I knew I had to store water. So come like the end of 2019 and the sun just looked like a big red planet in the sky and we'll run out of water. I was like, my dream. <laughs> and I didn't know what to do. And besides just like sort of storing a bit of water in my shed that um, I knew would only last six months because water goes off, I didn't really know what to do. So I didn't, I didn't worry after that and then ended up like being rained. We had floods and COVID happened, which was the other thing that I had been worrying about when I had this message about water was the dome. And it seemed to have gone that it went, we ran out of water and then we all got locked down, you know? And so I don't know how to take that stuff. But since then, I think that some of these things put bad things into our head to make us like fear things. We can possibly collectively manifest bad stuff. I don't know. So I I don't think that these ETs put um, good stuff in our head or like bad stuff, doomsday prophecies in our head because it's necessarily going to happen. And I think that's something humans are going to learn as we go. Um, I've read like Kevin Day has talked about a consciousness that can be good and bad. And the military were worried that he could um, cause a continental plate shift or some shit like that. So that's kind of um, my three big experiences. But that, that third one, that come with so much high strangers, you know, I was with my mates. I was like, had this presence. I was like, let's go down the beach. They're waiting for us. And we went down the beach and this giant like equilateral triangle cloud appeared on the horizon. I was like, look, man, <laughs> I said it was going to happen. And he's like, yeah, we didn't have our phones or nothing on us. Maybe that's how this works. But I was, I was sort of like put it out, like make a square. And then a square cloud appeared next to the triangle and the triangle disappeared and then that 
square changed into a triangle as well. So it went like triangle, square, and then they, they just, I don't know, it's like whether they can cloak themselves as clouds or whether it's a projection of consciousness or something. But that's a that's the thing that happened at that period. And I also, I was at home and my, my phone charger was hanging down and it started to like sway on its own. And I remember messaging my friend. I was like, there's something here. I'm going to sage my house. But then at like two o'clock in the morning, like something grabbed my leg with like a burning sensation and my bird flew out of its cage in the dark, screeching at the same time. So there's, there's just been like, and like there's actually been heaps of those little experiences that I'll, I've got all through notebooks that I've like forgot all about over the years. But um, those are some of my things. But the other thing, say, say when I left my body, maybe the listeners might know. And I said that I seen a green fairy wren. I stumbled on this book. It's called The Initiatory Path in Fairy Tales. And they talk about how these fairy tales are encoded messages of the great work and how they are here to push humans along a certain path towards higher levels of consciousness. And it talks about how the hero is aided by a green bird, which embodies the hermetic understanding of the seed and fruit. So like I seen this green bird and then there's this thing book that I, I only just stumbled upon this and I want to get it. And it's saying, as we go to higher levels of consciousness, we'll see a green bird. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, for starters, like, um, for people who aren't really aware, the a fairy wren is pretty much similar to a little willy wagtail, um, those type of little birds, just so people sort of get an idea of like, which um, sort of t- kind of bird you're talking about. But, um, yeah, look, there's a lot of things that sort of can really question this. Like, like, is, like, have you had practice prior with the meditations before this to sort of lead up to this? Was like no. a snack bang first go. I was the only sort of experience I had, like, I'll be honest, I went to rehab for like smoking pot in 2010 and we did a bit of yoga once. So that was it. And, um, yeah. And it was just like, I can't find the book over there, but like, yeah, it's called ask and it is given from Esther Hicks. And she channels this entity called Abraham that tells us to, I mean, the Abraham being could be a trickster, but, it's just all this stuff about um, raising your vibrations, you know, practicing gratitude, things like that. And it, it does say if you practice this meditation, it says like all hell could break loose. And I mean, technically, I, you know, had a spiritual awakening and for me it was, you know, very strange. And then since then, I've just been following along with two stars and all the stuff that's been happening. Yeah, because like, like I was trying to like um trying to point like the, like the fact that you managed to meditate and get to yourself to a higher sense in that regard like it takes people a long time to try and achieve that goal like it's hard yeah. enough trying to focus on nothing as it is when you're trying to meditate like you you you'll be there for like maybe thirty seconds there next minute your brain just starts wandering off to something else you know it's extremely difficult trying to sit down and trying to control your mentality in that regard and it's like the and how you managed to go and nail it within like the first go, just about is like that's quite the achievement in itself. I was like, I don't think there's many people that can actually do that. No, so, well, I mean, 
Quite I'd impressed. like to know more about this document, you know, because it says it in the document about an unlikely event that you can go outside the terrestrial sphere. And if any of your listeners have any information on the more on the gateway process and, and know that it's on page 19, like the bottom paragraph. Yep. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be a lot of people there who probably have had a crack at that and then sort of like um, at least, yeah, gotten to some point where it might be similar to your experience there. Like, and by sense that you're saying like it could be a similar experience that a lot of people do have too, having this purple on these colourful sort of uh, sections, I suppose, that's wash over you at the time. Yeah. Um, like whether that's, uh, uh, it might be like, uh, I don't know what would you call it. It's like it's going through the channels maybe. I don't know. It's like, I don't know how you want to really describe it. That's what I thought maybe it was the chakras. But the other thing that sort of, so I had that experience and then I decided to try the spiritualist church and we were in there and I, th I think we all did meditate or something. But there was a lady that then she said something about an orange wash in her mind. And so I was like, oh, someone else has had a similar thing. But I didn't pursue that for a while, you know. Yeah. I've since been back to the spiritualist church and it's in Wollongong. I don't know if they do it anymore, but Lord, it's crazy. You know, there's all these elderly ladies and they got me to sit at the front and like projected their thoughts. And I could guess which one, what one of their favorites food was or something. It was like a roast dinner. And yeah. Just like practicing telepathy yeah. with old, old ladies was so random. Yeah. Cause you know? it's a strange method, isn't it? Like you, like it's, it's so taboo trying to think that someone can read each other's mind or some sort of connection there, but there is obviously something there where some people have this ability where they can sort of connect with each other's emotions and thoughts and ideas and whatnot. But as, yeah, like I say, it's as far fetched as it sounds, it's like, but the, the abilities are there. And it's the fact that CIA and all sort of stuff investigated into this sort of stuff like many years ago or whatever. Um, like how many decades ago? I think it was like near like around the Cold War there in the 50s and 60s and whatnot. You know, it, there's always going to give precedence that there is uh, some sort of existence to, you know, uh, remote viewing and telepathy or some sort. You know, all that sort of stuff. It like uh, must exist if they're going, if they're taking it seriously to go and try and uh, master it in their own for their own reasons. Yeah, that's right. Well, I mean, I feel like. Like there's been occult teachings around for ages and yeah, I, I, it gives me a bad vibe thinking about the CIA looking into that sort of stuff and, and how they started learning about it before we were even born. Like, yeah. And what effects they could have on us. It's, yeah. But I, I, I can say that I've experienced it a little bit and I, I didn't go back to the spiritualist church too much because you know, sometimes I find it hard just to like maintain like normal life, let alone that stuff. And when that stuff starts to take over and normal life slips, then I've got to stop, you know? Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Like it can sort of get overwhelming in a sense too, and it can be very draining as well, trying to chase it down. And sometimes, uh, I, well, some people, I'm not saying everyone, but there's some people that sort of do lose themselves too deep into it. And like, yeah sort of like might become like a bit of an addiction to a sense like i'm not trying to say like it's you know it affects everyone differently but there are some people who just like go, go really deep down into it and like let's sort of like lose their grounding a little bit if that makes sense oh 100 i've been there like many times that's why lately because i have a small youtube channel and i was just making compilations of like 
like making a compilation of Dr. Gary Nolan. And I'm at home on my own with a broken hand, just constantly listening to stuff about UFOs. And I was like, far out, I've got to stop. It's not healthy. (laughs) (laughs) But then again, like it could be like opening yourself up into something more than what the reality is, you know? And that's that's the scary part. Like then everyone sees you as the scary, crazy person um, because you're so deep into it. And like you're saying something that's well and truly a bound our, our reality so of course yeah people just see you as the crazy person like how did, how did you sort of like defeat the your family there with them oh, sending you know, the mental ward and that so i went to i got sectioned and i was there and the doctors were like no he seems pretty normal and and my family like they wouldn't let me out i don't blame them anymore like, <laughs> you know, I, I wouldn't know what to think but so when I started to get like, like, they gave me like a day release and then a night release. But when they gave me day release, I went out and like enrolled in like a TAFE course and I'd done all this stuff to make it look like I was like doing better. Like just, you know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> like the doctors were like, no, he seems like relatively normal. But it was my family were like, no, he's saying all this weird stuff. He's scaring us. <laughs> oh, shit. That's so, quite funny. Um, it's amusing. Yeah, but then I mean, but they had to sit back, and I don't really bring up the UFO stuff. And I suppose every now and then they probably see it on like seven or whatever. But they definitely had to witness the um, water running out after me saying it would happen. And yeah, so know, that's and that's the question I was going to bring. Up. Like, what do they say after that? Like, after you you made that sort of prediction? Um. Well, my uncle's because I live next door to my uncle and. Um, his partner, like on this like property we live on outside of town, she's she was like she used to be in the order of the Eastern Star, which is like the female Freemason lodge, and she was sort of like on my side, and and my uncle gets upset about the UFO subject, so I don't really talk about it. My my uncle's missus was like, "Yeah, you're right," and then we don't talk about it past that. Yeah. And that, that's it. And I don't really talk about the UFO subject much anymore. My uncle's brought up the TR3B, which I was like, oh, at least he's open to new ideas now and that. But, yeah, I mean, I feel for him, like, mm. seeing me change over the years. I wasn't like this before. Well, that's yeah. the thing, too. Like, once you start experiencing something that's beyond reality, it sort of does change your perspective on the world. And that's a big thing for people to sort of understand and realize what the hell's going on. Because people are so narrow-minded to think that this is like, you know, this is life. There's nothing more to it. Go to work, pay taxes, die, all that sort of stuff. You know, the, yeah. the general, the, the just reality of what life is. But yet, when these people, like so, like the people who aren't open-minded to this sort of stuff, once they actually see something of this nature or experience something, it just, it just blows their mind completely. And they're going, shit, there is more to this world than we really let on, or that I thought at least. And start diving a bit deeper into it, and they start getting an interest. And then they start coming across as the crazy person. Like, no, I used to be like you, you know. Like, I used to be one of these people who like was so skeptical and everything, you know. No aliens existed. There was no such thing as ghosts and blah blah blah. And it's like, but then I had this happen. You know, it's 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 an amazing concept, and it's a, it's a frustrating one to say the least. But yeah. um, it's somehow sometimes that's how it has to be. Oh, I, I mean, I have a million thoughts about it. I would talk about it a little bit to people. I remember, like, 
before my out of body experience, but so I'd seen I had this weird loving sensation and like these rocks, and then there was like two other things where like I seen I had this thought, and then these three shooting stars went across the sky in like a row where I'd never seen that happen before, and it was like specifically after after I'd been thinking stuff that it seemed relevant to, and then oh, I forget what it was, but. I talked to my mate and I was like, bro, you go to church. I was like, I think God talked to me, man. I don't know what to think of it. And he was like, oh, well, God works in mysterious ways. Now I don't think it's God. I think anything we can understand must be a level down from God. But um, And now I look at that more as like an alien intelligence. But my first thought was like, fuck, I'm a little bit embarrassed to talk about it. But I think it was God, man, you know. And then... Then I had the out of body experience, and I only rarely, I only ever talked to maybe two or three people about that. I talked to my family. Actually, that's what happened. I had that. I was upstairs in the main house living with my uncle when that happened. And then the next morning, I come down. I was like, I left my body. I had an out of body experience, and now everyone like my nan and that was like, oh, I'd love to have that. So that didn't get treated weird. It was the next stuff that got treated like next level. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> but like, um, yeah. it's funny how like yeah, like aliens and paranormal and all sorts of stuff can be a bit of a taboo subject there. But when he starts talking about like a yeah, you know, out of body experiences there, and I think nearly everyone has sort of had a somewhat kind of experience with out of bodies throughout their lifetime, even if they don't realize it, maybe. I'm I'm just guessing here, but everyone seems to know what they're talking about when you talk about out of body experiences to a degree. And so, what? like I was saying, like when you like you're saying, like no one seemed to really be too bothered by that. Yeah, it sort yeah. of makes you feel that's a bit of the concept behind it. Well, that's true. I guess like I suppose out of body experience might not seem threatening, whereas UFOs, it's like where does that end? You know? Yeah, that's one good way to look at it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Maybe maybe that's why. But I do remember, like, say, that happened, and then maybe the next day I was... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Laying out on the trampoline trying to meditate and do it again. And I'm like, oh, I can see some blue this time. But it was just the sky through my eyelids. <laughs> <laughs> I I never like got to that state again. I had some, I did experience like rocking and stuff. And I had, I, th- I think I read somewhere that that could be due to like blocked chakras actually. So I'm not too sure. There's just so many avenues you can go down. Yeah, there is. Look, there's a lot more lot to it. It goes a lot deeper than everyone thinks. It's just like a lot more than just sitting down, trying to clear your mind and I don't know, trying to conjure up whatever you sort of, you can get to um obviously you got your emotions um that throughout your daily life and lots of stuff play a big effect on that um just everything that's just you know just life in general is just, it, it's a big change in your life and i'm not i'm not going by personal experience here i'm just going by what people other people i've spoken to in the past in regards to that you know like they're saying like i was saying like it takes months for people to go and try and be able to control their emotions their, their energy, their vibrations and sort of stuff like that. Even just to be able to clear their mind to even try and continue in a, a get a clear state of mind, basically to be even attempt this. Um, it's not an easy thing to do. And so that's like you're saying, you know, it could be very well much to do with chakras and energies that are trying to really, well, whatever affected you at that time. Yeah. Eventually I'd like to look into that crossing the abyss thing that that guy sort of, um, pointed me in the direction of the AA, but I've got no idea. You know, when when you hear terms like Illuminati and stuff, I kind of think of like the AA is like the Illuminati, like proper cultists. Yeah, which I wouldn't be surprised either, because like we, I sort of feel like we've got a bit of a shadow government that's overlooking everything, you know, and they've they've got this sort of shit down pat, meditations and reading thoughts and <laughs> stuff like. They control the yeah. world, like they they know they know how to advertise and TVs and stuff to go and make sure we go and buy this sort of stuff. You know, they got they got shit. Well, they know how to read humans so well. Um, I'm not speculating here. I'm making a big claim here, but it, it's just too convenient the way the world runs um, to go and keep our mindsets glued to the TV to go and you know go to work and then go and buy this because we always would want something more than. Um, like money is our goal here in life to go and try and get the buy the things that we want, but we can never sort of achieve. Um, so yeah, yeah. you know that that to me is like, uh, what do you want? Like controlled media and controlled uh, government sort of thing. You know, uh, I remember there was a term there someone mentioned it that it was um, geez up really well. I explained the whole thing in one in a couple of words, but I'm sure I'm making sense of what I'm trying to explain. Hopefully, a hundred percent. Um, like, are you familiar with like Robert Munro? I sort of feel like that sounds familiar too, but you have jogged my memory on that one. <laughs> He's like the pioneer of like out of body experiencing, and and that's what those gateway process documents are like, sort of like because of him. But um, like 
you're aware of like lush lush energy and stuff like that like we give off an energy and something could be harvesting oh like, yeah yep yep the neg- yeah well, he, he reckons like he went out of his body and then he went to some place and learned about how we'll create it but we'll give him like part of like say a soul or say divine essence but it was put into us so there was always going to be part of us that's not of the physical world so we could never be fully satisfied because there's part of us that isn't from here so we could even be further than just like you know all this marketing and all this bad stuff for humans and then we've also got on the next level we've got an essence in us or something that can never be completely satisfied yeah well it's pretty much human nature really like we're never really satisfied regardless um especially like in the western um, western society really you know like yeah. i was saying we go to work try and make money trying to get something better and you know try and gain our careers to go and earn more money so we can buy better stuff and you know that's pretty much our life but when you look at the the you know the poorer countries like we'll consider them like third world countries or whatever they don't have all this technology and all this sort of stuff that they you know desire and they have a simple life it's very neat uh all they do is like they provide for their families and enjoy life it's very simple none of this greed or desires to go and want more that it it just seems like a very western sort of thing to really want to continue to gain more yeah maybe um i don't know being human is hard i don't even know <laughs> it <laughs> I mean, is I, I have moments of like Moments where I'm satisfied, but yeah, it doesn't even last long. Even even though I'm aware of this stuff going on, you know, yeah. I'm sure you feel the same. Like you're like, yeah, yeah. Look, look, I've got yeah. goals in my life that I want to try and achieve because I want more and like you know stuff like. That. But then like you look at the smaller picture, or if the bigger picture, if you want to look at, consider it that way. Like I've got my family. I've got, you know, we're all living happily. We're healthy. You know, like in all honesty, like what more should you want? Yeah, but yet you still have that bit of human greed in you that you still desire want more or something that you can't obtain. You want that, yeah. um, and like I said, like I'm not sure, like, I'm only trying to quote here for uh, small villages and you know the third world countries or whatever you want to call them, the, the ones that aren't of Western regard of, of us, basically. You know, trying to comprise a difference and like there is no sort of difference of the simple life compared to what we have. Um, go to work. And that's it. <laughs> Slave labor us. Yeah. Yep. I know what you're saying. Yeah. <clears throat> um, perhaps, perhaps disclosure will eventually end that sort of way of thinking and will change maybe. Perhaps the Westerners. I don't see disclosure affecting everyone on the world in like equal ways. Like, you know, so perhaps it's us that are the more consuming nations that do need disclosure more so than the other ones yeah well see that's that's nothing too like all this uh control of media and sort of stuff that's sort of people want to say that like you know that all this sort of stuff is dampening down our vibrations so we're not connecting to the the earth or the universe as much as what we used to there um you know there's a lot of control in this sort of environments so we're losing our way a lot we're considering, um, you know, back in the days there, we had all these shamans there that used to, kind of, you know, connect to the the world, the nature. And, you know, yeah. even uh, the cultures then too were very close to nature in that regard too. Like, uh, 
I'm not going to say every civilization was like that, but there would have been something at, at least in human civilizations through the history there where everything was like treated respectedly to nature and giving and returning sort of thing, you know? That sort of mindset's always been there uh, a fair, way, fair bit. Like, you look at the a few movies there, like for one, like, you know, the, the new Avatar movies or the old one, but, you know, from James Cameron, I think it's his, like his Avatar movies, how yeah. he sort of describes that whole movie. Like, you know, they're all... The whole culture and the world is all connected and entwined as one. You know, they all communicate and all respective of each other. They understand, like, you know, the food chains and stuff, but there's still that respect, not the not the greed and corporate gains of trying to, like, s- slaughter every animal that you see there just to try and go and sell the pelts and meat and whatever, like, for financial gain. It's more of like, just to take what you need and try and give back in that sort of sense, you know? Don't over... Um, over harvest or something. You know, pretty much what I'm trying to explain. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm weird, but yeah. Something that I've picked up on, and I, I haven't noticed many people talk about it. Like, say, I said when I started getting into consciousness in 2012, and I there's a MythBusters episode on Cleve Baxter's theory of I don't know what it's called, theory of relativity or something. And they put the lie detector test on the plant, and then when they go to burn the the plant, the lie detector test knows. But like you're familiar with To the Stars, yeah, and Tom yeah, yeah. DeLong. Like in, in their first non fiction book, Gods, Secret Machines Gods, like they reference um the book The Secret Life of Plants, which is about Cleve Bax's experiments and it goes like crazy deep into all this stuff about researching that we're connected. And I do wonder, like, are we going to learn about this more? Um, why is it in gods for the first place? People that want disclosure, should we be listening more to Tom DeLong and checking out his book? And then as a collective of ufologists, then, like, being advocates for this um, plants being able to read our minds? Because they do all sorts of stuff. They They put, like, brine shrimp in in a thing, in a timer, in a house where no one can affect it and the plant's hooked up to a lie detector test and the, the timer goes off and the brine shrimp gets dropped in boiling water and it dies immediately and the plant, which is down the other end of the house, like knows, like the spikes on the lie detector test. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, all, that, that's all in this book, Secret Life of Plants from Peter Tompkins. And this book's referenced in Tom DeLong's book. So it's like, I feel like we as... UFO advocates and disclosure advocates and stuff like we have a responsibility to study this stuff and like help each other to know and I don't know maybe we all put in for a lie detector test or something I've got no idea how how we can do this but this knowledge is out there and it's kind of like it's out there and no one's talking about it so that's why I'm mentioning it now actually like um, the secret life of plants and this on YouTube there's like it's terrible footage. It's from like the eighties, but they do all sorts of experiments. They chop up a cabbage in front of another cabbage, and the lie detector tests on that cabbage, and it's like screeching and stuff. And it's quite horrible to watch, actually. <laughs> that does sound horrible. But it's not. So, yeah. um, like recently, like they're, they're talking about mushrooms in their uh, root systems. Like they're all interconnected. There, like mushrooms seem to be the key of like a. Oh, I can't explain it. From word to word, but like they've got some sort of interconnected 
system that's similar to like what I was trying to say with the um, the movie, the Avatar. Yeah, like one organism <clears throat> sort of. Yeah, thing. but they're all connected. Like, they even talk about trees in the forest and that they can all communicate and you know give off pheromones or however. Like they they know when there's a bug that's inside them that's sort of draining away their life, and like they give off like, a signal. They're going, "Hey, look, I'm being killed here, so like just watch out." Like, I don't know what they're going to do to retaliate, but you know, it's like it's, yeah, they, yeah. they know that it's warning all the other trees that there is an intruder here that's starting to kill um, other, life, other plants. So, like, there's obviously a system there that we, we're we trying to understand, and like, it's going to be quite difficult to sort of try and get there if we're not being open with ourselves as it is to, you know, connect to it all. Yeah, yeah. Tom DeLong did say, because I, I kind of go off Tom DeLong and, and he's path and where it started in like 2015 with the WikiLeaks and then then um, when Lou Elizondo took the stage and stuff but Tom did say it was going to be very challenging for us to learn and tricky so I, I like to hope that they have really sort of planned this out the best they can and we will learn this stuff it's hard I, I worry about like the threat aspect of all this and if we're being directed into like a digital age by this thing. And if we were like, you know, we all did just chill in villages and make mud huts and stuff before all these greys come here. And then they started slowly giving us things or something like, who knows? Like I, I definitely don't prescribe to just humans. I, I think we maybe do have a genuine threat to our species. And since, with the recent whistleblower, um, David Grush, I feel more pride in being a human now. Now that they've come out and said that there is non-human intelligence, like a whistleblower in our lifetime, not like Bob Lazar that happened really before us, but if this is real, then we should feel a genuine sense of pride that we are human beings and that we are a unique species and we are really capable of a lot more. And like, I'm really glad that there's people like you putting these put this out Anthony because it gives people like me a way to talk and I don't know I've, I've never talked about this in one like my experiences I've never talked about that in one sort of thing like this happened and this happened and this happened things like that so I'm grateful that I got to come on today yeah no I appreciate it mate it's, um, it's great having you on here mate it's uh, that was wonderful because like that you know there's more to life than everyone sort of ex- expects really like I was saying before and like the more people like yourself that are coming out there and talking about this, that's a, a a bigger reality that people need to sort of look at and understand, or at least try to understand. Because um, like I know you you had a bit of a difficult time there, but like, like you don't sound that mentally ill. Like just to say like to say that like, you you're crazy. Like to go and say like oh, you know, whatever's happening in my life is happening, but it's not like you <clears throat> you 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 don't sound like you belong in that mental house, you know, mainly. No, no. I actually, like, say I got out and then, like, I went and got a job or whatever. But I, I made, like, a conscious effort to always be, like, very well pre- presented and this and that. And I ended up, like, going off and doing all these extra things and getting extra work as a roadie and just, like, like trying to really stay above, like, where everyone else was sort of, like, Oh, fucking Kane's talking about aliens and this and that. <laughs> but they sort of stayed on this bar and I kind of like try to get up. And well, see, like, say, like, look, you're, you're aware. Do this and, yeah, and talk about this stuff and do this stuff. So, like, yeah. you know, 
Yeah, so like you're aware, like whereas a, a someone who is generally mentally ill will just keep sort of diving down and sinking lower and lower, and until it becomes just babbly nonsense. And yeah, yeah, and like, talking like, yeah, pretty much, you know. <laughs> but here you are, you're, you know, you're, you you sound mentally healthy, you know, and you you're making sense or trying to make sense of your experiences. Um, you know, I've spoken to a lot of people, like not through the podcast, but others in the past. There, like, you know, they get to that point there where they're sort of believing everything that they're seeing in the sky is of a UFO nature, and, and like a lot of the stuff there has a logical explanation, which like a lot of I can explain. I tried to help in the in the past, you know, and trying to help them. They're like, no, no, there's like these are genuine UFOs. And I said, no, like, look at something over here and do the same thing with your camera. You can have the same effects or something. Like, you know, I'm giving them a, a a uh, <clears throat> a practical resemblance of what they're seeing and trying to prove as a UFO, but not UFO. If that makes sense, you know. I'm giving them a, a a source to go off by to try and help them. Uh, I'm explaining this horribly now. <laughs> you know, they're, they're giving them a, a basis to go off by so they can tell the difference between what is a UFO and what is not, sort of thing. You know. Oh. Uh, yeah. I know what you're saying. Yeah, so like, um, I explained that absolutely horribly. Sorry, <laughs> I hope it made a little bit of sense. There's the I find like the the larger groups on Facebook, like say like alien Anunnaki UFO groups or whatever, they tend to have those people that are just so desperate for that. Yeah, fantastical idea that they'll clutch on, like grab onto anything. Whereas, like, if you dive a bit deeper, like the UFO subject is like it. We're not go on to Mars to have burritos with aliens anytime soon. Like mm. it's there's the revolution happening and possibly spiritual war. And like I don't know what that means, but like really on a sense, but there's definitely like we're acknowledging that we're part something else. There's so many of us that are like, nah, the media's lying. We don't believe your bullshit no more. We are and like like you're saying we are like why are we kind of being guided to consume and instead of like planting more trees together yeah. as a group and all this sort of stuff. And it's a very like exciting time to be human. I'll say that. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't mean disrespect to like anyone that's like, you know, who are seeing multiple things as long as it's a genuine sort of thing. But like, yeah. you know, as long as you sort of keep yourself grounded to the degree and open-minded, but you know, grounded at the same time, you know, because <laughs> like, Anything is possible in this world, and that's the thing we've got to try and understand and make everyone understand as well. Like, you can't just go and claim everything it is and think that's just it, because you're going to get bitten in the arse later on down the track there. Everything that you think is whatever you want to perceive it as, like, someone's going to change your world regardless whether you like it or not. And it's going to open your perception, you know, you you start thinking a lot more broadly on things in life. Um, you know, anything is possible. It doesn't matter who's in the industry or in the sort of who's having these experiences or whatnot. Whatever they say could very well be true, because we're not the ones experiencing it. You're the one experiencing it, or whoever else. You know, why do we have to dismiss what they're claiming to be uh, not to be real, sort of thing? You know, so there That's are right. genuine people out there. Um, and yeah, I don't know we're just talking about. <laughs> I know we're just sort of talking shit about people like you know mentally ill and sort of like claiming UFOs and that. But like, there's a degree of that sort of nature. I'm, I'm happy I'm making sense. I'm trying not to upset too many people here, but 
as oh, your yeah, listeners. I know but, yeah. what you're saying. <laughs> no, no. There's one thing that I thought, like, so, like I've had my experiences, and then over time, just through research, I've just been able to be like, oh, I found that happened to me in this book and stuff. So it's not just me, but like even when I seen that orb, there's there's a paper that was like declassified not too long ago called the um, anomalous acute and subacute field effects on human biological tissues. And it was in the sun and it, it's got this rating of AN3 and I think Jacques Vallée, Vallée must have made that up. I, I don't know where this reference comes from, but it says AN3 anomalies with associated entities, i.e. ghosts, yetis, spirits, elves, and other mythical legendary entities. And this is in like a recently declassified military document that's talking about elves and spirits and stuff. And, you know, I seen this thing that I described as like a fairy for ages. And it's even actually it's in, I don't know if you've read much of Tom DeLong's books, but his Secret Machines books talks about the fairies and stuff. So, um, yeah, it's, I didn't necessarily have a flying saucer encounter, but I, according to this, I had an AN3 encounter. Yeah, okay. That's still, I was going to like maybe refer it to like a, a Min Min light or something like Yeah, well, my pop, um, he's seen a Min Min light. So, I mean, it's in my family that it's happened. Yeah. I never asked <laughs> what color, but I've seen a red one and apparently like, like Jim Semivan that have said the red ones aren't great. Mm. So, yeah, I have heard that like colours do have a bit of a representation about them then yeah, the red ones yeah. are supposed to be like the evil energies there. I think I've more heard that one from the Skinwalker Ranch stories and stuff like that, where the red yeah. ones were supposed to be the bad ones. Yeah, that's about um, right. I don't know. Like how did they know that? <laughs> no, I know, no, I know. No, no, I mean besides the weird prophetic like sort of thoughts that ended up sort of happening. Like, nothing bad come out of it, you know? Yeah. But it's, it's more the fact that, like, you're seeing this light, and you can see it sort of gliding along, and you know there's a bit of consciousness to it because, like, you've obviously both come to a realisation, like, hey, we're seeing each other here. Like, what the hell's going on? And then the fact that it's still, like, on, oh, shit, I need to go and hide because this guy can see me. Like, is he supposed to yeah. see me? Yeah, it's like, that's, that's sort of what I'm picking up from. It. It, was, it was just waiting there, you know? I'm... Like, I learned about consciousness and how our awareness is there. So now, even as I'm thinking of it now, like, was it there when I seen it and then, it, like, the wavelengths collapsed or whatever and then it was actually there in a physical projection? Was it already there on another level and I had to see it and then, or was it there physically waiting? And, like, yeah, I've never really thought about it, like, accidentally being there busted i've always thought it was there waiting for me yeah okay so and, what do you sort of feel like if it, if it was waiting there for you what do you think like do you have any ideas of what it might be trying to achieve from it i got no idea that's where it gets weird because i don't know i actually like one of my weird thoughts is because i'd had an out-of-body experience and i'd always wondered what did my consciousness look like to something else when I was in this purple dimension, did I look like an orb? Was my consciousness an orb? So I had actually like also considered, did a military person astral project and I've seen a military member. Like that was one of my first thoughts. I was like, it looked like a fairy. I never went straight to like alien or nothing. I, I, I guess I tried to jump to the most logical conclusion was that I have astral projected. So, and wondered what I'd look like. 
and then I'd seen that. So maybe that's why my thinking went that way. But I, I really have no idea. I just know that, like, I had started getting into the UFO subject, like, big time because of To The Stars and the um, New York Times papers. And it was, like, just after an eclipse, actually. There was, like, the super blue blood moon eclipse of January 2018. So I had noticed that and then wondered – I had – Noticed that and, and wondered about contact and then like maybe a week or two later there was an orb in my yard. So maybe an awareness or something? Yeah, possibly, yeah. Because like, like uh, people who mentioned Mimin loss, you know, they've always sort of said there's a consciousness about them. They know what they're doing. They're, um, wherever they come from, we don't know. Still trying to work that out. There's obviously scientific sort of um explanations behind them saying it's like a bit of a mix of gas and you know lights um from distant cities or horizon or something you know some sort of weird concept to it which might have a little bit of sense to it but the fact that these min min lights have consciousness about them or they, they appear to have some sort of consciousness or awareness sort of really blows out any sort of natural phenomenon in that sort of nature yeah, um, yeah so it's it sort of and then the fact that like it's blowing sparks out as it's flying along like, yeah, like, just, yeah, just very it? slightly. Like, it wasn't, like, crazy. Just just enough that I wasn't thinking it was, like, one entity. Like, there was a little bit that come off as it sped across the field, like, so fast as well that it travelled that field. And it just reminded me of, like, Tinkerbell having to do whatever. Like, I think she gets trapped in a yeah. jar or something. She races off. Like, yeah, and... And then it turned out that, like, To The Stars has put out a book with fairies in it and then there's this, you know, this um, declassified military document talking about AN3 anomalies, like, with elves and stuff. So I'm starting to, like, think that there's a whole range of, like, entities around us, yeah. maybe. Well, so it's not as far-fetched as you sort of think, Um like, you know, there's, it's obviously all fairy tale sort of stuff that's gone throughout the decades of our civilization, as it is, like, you know, as a bedtime story or whatever. Like, there's always been a mention of elves and dwarves and fairies and all sort of stuff. And maybe they're not a fairy tale. They probably are these non human entities that is being claimed now. There's been, I don't know, we, we could have, well, you know, humans are really good for, like, you know, killing everything that doesn't look human. You know, we, um, you know, we're, we're quite horrible for that. We're going, uh, you know, just just for shits and giggles, if we don't like them, we're going to kill them, or we just uh, make things extinct because we're hunting them down because they're not a human, you know, that kind of nature. So we could have been nearly hunting these fairy tale creatures to an extinction. It's, um, like just to sort of make that a bit of a speculation, you know. <laughs> but yeah, yet yeah. There's, there's like there's like a a mineral survivalist group that still exists hiding under the grounds or something, you know. Or hiding in Neverland, it's something, you know, wherever they are. I did, I tried to, like, a. it was about that time after I'd seen it, and, and I had crazy, crazy anxiety, like, about the water, and just just so confused that, like, I seen an orb, and, and like, by, you know, by rights, I shouldn't be able to see an orb, because orbs don't exist, and, the, you know, Louise Elizondo had just come out, so... I was actually having like a lot of anxiety and I tried a little shamanic journey thing that was on YouTube and in my mind, I like I see myself in a field, like 
I was projected outside myself and I seen myself and then this big brown salamander come up and gave me a hug. And then it turns out that these salamanders are one of these four main elemental creatures. There's like sylphs and gnomes and salamanders and stuff. So that was also something that got me wondering about these different life forms and like if we can contact them with our mind by going inwards instead of like looking outwards. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to sort of like um, go back to your experience where you saw these rocks flying through the air. Yeah. <clears throat> so what? Like, run that through us again. Like it seems really strange that rocks of all things we flying through there. Like usually people will see like a craft with some sort of defined shape to it, but you're seeing like rocks that are like you know like boulder kind of top looking things or. That that's what they look like. They were up very high, like. I don't know if it's the right term towards the stratosphere or something, but like, like they were up high, like high, high plane, high plane satellites, but they were huge and they just went like floating across the sky. I think that was three, maybe four. And I, it was like just after this crazy loving feeling, but some of my thoughts towards that is that some people think that these things are, projections of our subconscious some of these experiences that people have and i've talked to some people in the auto temple orientis and freemasons and talked to them about um the goesha and the lesser key of solomon which is like a sort of occult magic and like what they do is they like it's written as you contact demons but you're actually contacting the different sections of your subconscious mind. And Gary Nolan talked about that on Kurt Jamangle's um, interview as well because Kurt was saying how his hands took over and Gary was saying maybe part of your subconscious did that. But So I've wondered if it was like a projection. Maybe it was like, like they say, everything we see is really like a hologram inside of our head made up of um our senses so like it probably has a lot to do with that i think the whole like experience like ufo phenomenon i think has to do with that the fact that actually what we see is a thingy a hologram inside of our head which we're getting deep but um like yeah. so then like if what i'm seeing is a hologram inside my head how do i know that that's really there is something yeah. out there projecting inside my head so like i think it was um yeah mark I'm sure he would have touched on it that you have like a feeling. That was the first thing he said was that you have a feeling and then some sort of like projection, I think it was. And like mine, mine was in order to his and like, and I had, a, I also like that also caused a bit of a spiritual transformation in me. I did start to like think I don't need a grocery bag. If I can carry my groceries to the checkout, why don't I need a grocery bag to carry it to my car? And I started mm that did cause like an environmental change in me, things like that. So, but um, yeah, I don't know. I remember this quote. I thought of it while I was watching the movie, Captain Marvel and at the start and she says like, she's talking to some guy and the character and he says like, each experience we have is unique to us and our subconscious projects in unique ways or something like that. I'm paraphrasing. So like I instantly related that to the, weird flying boulders like in the cinema watching that and i hadn't heard about projections and stuff at that time either 
Yeah, well, so. absolutely. It sort of does make a sort of a broader perspective on things on that sort of aspect. Like, are we, is reality reality? <laughs> then, yeah, that's right. Hey, like, question reality. Sounds good. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I, a lot of this stuff, like the stuff about seeing, hol- like how we're really seeing a hologram inside our head, that, that's all in Tom DeLonge's nonfiction books. And they're so deep compared to like versus Tom in Blink-182 saying aliens exist or whatever. And then you read his non-fiction books and you learn like quantum mechanics and everything. It's like far out. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I'm well, getting close to having to wrap it up though, Anthony. That's what I mean. Yeah, I was just getting close to seeing if you, uh, you get trouble with man. But that's all good, man. Um, look, I was just going to say, like, you know, a lot of people sort of claim that, like, you know, we already are a energy sort of spirit that's um, yeah. you know, able to do stuff. And then whatever we are in at the moment is like a, a, just a, a vessel that we're just sort of borrowing for the time for whatever reasons like and there's a lot of different theories there but like that's that can be left for another time so it's, it's in the it's in the gateway process document sorry to interrupt you but right. it specific, specifically says in these declassified documents from the 80s that our consciousness creates our brain and everything like that comes first so mm. like it's it definitely is a another conversation and i think Maybe we'll have to wait for a bit more of disclosure to evolve or something for yeah. us normal people to understand that. Absolutely. And hopefully there's a bit more information from this new um, you know, whistleblower with David Grosh there and see if we get some something out there sort of explain, you know, what we are with these new new species of beings there, whether they can sort of tap us in a bit deeper and give us a better understanding of what life actually is, you know, give us what our meanings are. What is the meaning of life here? What are we who are we, where do we come from, kind of thing, you know? Give us some more answers. That's that's what we really want. Yeah, perhaps they can't explain that stuff without explaining the quantum mechanics stuff to us first. Like, I wonder about that. Yeah, absolutely. Because, like, well, that's our next age, isn't it? The quantum mechanics and quantum physics and computing and all sorts of stuff. And AI technology is going to be taken over and all sorts of stuff. It's going to be a scary sort of future for us, really, I sort of feel. Yeah. Try not to project fear. Oh, I do, too, like I always think it, but I don't know grateful to be on this planet while we're here we we are like I, I know because i left my body and i went somewhere and other people have like i found this document similar thing so i just know in my heart of hearts that there is something else you know the egyptians all the ancients used to tell us that and somewhere maybe in the last hundreds or so years maybe after they burn all the witches and then we've <laughs> sort of started to like forget that we are like a, there is a thing science took over, but science has become, you know, well, not specifically like the method of science, but people hiding behind the method of science and yeah. and not studying this stuff. Like that's become its own little religion or something. Yeah, absolutely. I also feel like I'm a lot that way too. Like, you know, my heart knows that there's more to this world than we can perceive, but my brain is so scientifically strong on like trying to dismiss everything in that regard. Like a lot of stuff on social media has like damaged me, like some of the crap that's out there. And I don't mean any disrespect, like I was saying before, like, you know, there are, there are some odd people out there. I don't mean any disrespect to like, you know, that sort of regard, but you know, there's things that we need to try and understand. And, and you know, what I'm trying to say is like, oh, I know there are things out there. I understand completely that there's a broader world out there we need to try and understand. But yeah, again, my brain's just like so scientifically strong. That evidence is key to try and give out a better uh, outcome into what people are trying to 
explain with their experiences and stuff if that makes sense you know if we can give that evidence um it makes us sound more credible when we're trying to explain our experiences 100 uh, so you know that's that's basically what i try and bring out on people and trying and, and hope that they can sort of sound more credible so they're not sounding like they're the crazy people of the the, the whole uh, unknown community you know like we're not we're not all crazy people so at least you know <laughs> no nah, no i don't worry about that stuff too much anymore I, I i've decided actually i got to this stage i posted about disclosure for so long on facebook and maybe like three or four people would regularly interact but most people they didn't care and now that we've stepped up to like non-human intelligence and bodies I'm thinking I'm not going to post much on Facebook anymore and just sort of let it be. And then when they start to catch up to this news, then it'll be like, well, you know, I did say this to you. Yeah. So. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to be like probably doing the same thing, you know, sitting back, watching, see where it's going to go with mainstream media. And then you see, look, I bloody told you I'm not crazy. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's right. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, Anthony, I'll have to wrap it up, man. That's all right, mate. Look, mate, it's been wonderful having you on there, mate. It's absolutely fantastic, mate. I enjoyed it um, every minute with you. It's, um, you know, look, you had some wonderful experience there by the sounds of it, and um, I, hopefully you can sort of work on a bit more there and try and get a bit of a better understanding, especially with this uh, this meditation and this perception that you're, or new adventure you're perceiving through your yeah. um, your own uh, inner soul, basically. Mate, yeah, uh, that's but, what yeah. it is. Thank you. So, yeah, mate, wonderful, mate. Thanks very much, mate. All the best. All right, cheers, mate. Bye-bye. Yeah. And that will do it, folks, for this episode. I hope you enjoyed the show. And don't forget, if you or someone you know has had an encounter, to please get in touch with me to be featured on the podcast. If you're a fan of the show, you can support the podcast by purchasing some awesome merchandise that's available on our online store via the link provided in the episode description. So thanks for tuning in, and I look forward to seeing you on the next Encounter Down Under. Hey, Root. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.